Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Okay, you go. Hi, is this better? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this is Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 401. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and I think I'm on drugs. No, something's not working right. Anyhow, I, I unmuted Charles' mic so that he could talk for the show and it forgot to unmute mine. And actually, because I just unmuted the 604 number, and I thought that was me, and I really the 250 number. So anyhow, that's a uh, major brain fart in my part. So that's why the show didn't start the way it was supposed to. But the show hasn't started the way it's supposed to for the last little while. And why? Because blog talk's fucking terrible. Uh, they, they just did, I don't know, their program sucks. And, and we're, we're committed to it. We've got 400 shows previous episodes into this thing and we're kind of committed to it right now so we'll see what happens as it goes and uh that's all the best we can do so i don't know i'm sorry that we didn't have a show on wednesday night or thursday night like we said we would it just wasn't going to happen and it just didn't work uh tonight it's not special it's not working as well as it should be i'm not on my typical podcasting uh apparatus i'm on a phone and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm sorry about any type of downgrade in quality, but we're going to live with it. Uh, I got uh, three guys on the line right, right, right now with me, uh, Charles, Phil, and Will. And uh, Charles, go ahead, buddy. How you doing? Good evening. And we're actually able to talk tonight, which is more than I can say from our last two attempts. So that's a plus. Yeah, isn't it, though? Yes, it is quite a bit. I'm doing yeah, well. Baby. Good. You started the show, eh? I unmuted your mic, and you just kind of oh. sat there and didn't say too much. And then you said I something, and I went, and I go, how, why, how is Charles talking? Charles isn't supposed to be talking right now. And I'm like, oh, I didn't oh know. I'm like, not talking. Charles is there. Okay, so then I just switched it around. Yeah, I know. You, so you got it figured out. Yeah, that's okay. We got it figured out. That was a brain fart on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so did you uh, enjoy the football games this weekend? I yes, I did. did. Uh, Especially the one last night. Uh, yeah, it was a fun, uh, fun weekend. Some good games and one blowout. But I like the blowout. I mean, if you don't have part, a, if you don't have a team playing, blowouts can be actually fairly boring. But if it's your team blowing out another team, it's a lot of fun. Oh hell yeah! You know, yep. it was a lot of fun for a Lions fan. It wasn't so fun for the Argos. It was kind not of fun really. for the Riders and not very fun for the Bomber fans. But I think the Bomber fans took it a lot harder than it did than the uh, Argo fans did. The Argo fans were kind of expecting it, but uh, Bomber fans actually thought their team was going to actually could win, and they 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 did terrible. They they, they did terrible. Okay, so uh, Will, you're on the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I've been saving this for for two shows now. Um, 
because we had our 400th episode, I yes. did go back and I listened listened to the first episode. And yes. okay, good. And you guys have gotten better since the first episode, which you should get better. Yeah, but, I, you would think so. But I've always strived to be as great as Christopher Jones, and and I made a mistake. I listened to episode number forty, and I when I listened to this episode, I was so disappointed in Christopher Jones. It was not funny. Why? Because, what did he do? Well, you know what he did. Him and another former host on Let's Talk CFL talked about, believe it or not, and everybody's going to be shocked by this. He talked about baseball for 68 seconds, and it was the longest 68 seconds of my life, okay? You actually talked, I t- about baseball. I, you I talked talk about baseball. I talked all about baseball. I don't, I don't you understand You still talked baseball. about baseball. You put, talked about the Kansas City, whatever they're Royals. called, Royals, and they used to be called something else, and you knew the name, Mr. Jones. And you talked. No, you talked. No, there's talk no way. About, yes, you did. I, I'm still in shock. Okay, I'm still in shock. As a matter of fact, I I didn't listen to the whole thing because I was going into convulsions. Okay, so because uh, I, I didn't I, think I'm you ever talked bullshit. about baseball. I, I'm no, no, you listen to you listen to episode number forty, sir, and it's you know you're always talking about facts. It's there forever, yeah. my friend. Oh, it's there I, forever. I it is, but I talked about baseball. I, I don't fuck all about baseball. Uh, well, hey, but you know what? The key to every good salesman is talking about things you don't know anything about and sounding like you know what yeah, you're hey, talking about, right? Exactly. Dazzling with brilliance or baffling with bullshit, right? There you go. There you go. And you did do that quite well because you sounded formed. Wow. So, so there you go. That's my little thing for tonight. I may have to go back and listen to this just because, uh, uh, wow. Episode number 40. Maybe I I got dementia or something because I don't remember anything about that. But, uh, okay, so be it. We talked about baseball. I I understand the game. I played it a little bit, softball and stuff. You know, I broke my hand playing baseball. But, yeah, I, I, I really – I used to watch baseball when I was a little kid because I used to – the Pittsburgh Pirates were my favorite team when I was a kid because I liked the little little golf cart that came out when, when, when the pitcher came out from the bullpen and there was this pirate hat, and it was kind of cute. Um, but that's all I know about baseball. Really, seriously. Okay. So that's more than I know about baseball. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. I I couldn't name baseball teams. So I couldn't tell you. You know, I I thought I thought you were channeling Brendan McGuire, but you didn't even know Brendan McGuire back then, so it couldn't have no. been that. So no, he was no, talking no, about no. baseball too. Yeah, yeah, but he he thinks he knows about baseball, and and he, and he may. I can't. I, I, I don't I do. know anything about it to argue with him. Uh, but you know what, Will? You've got us talking about baseball here on our football show, and it's probably longer than 68 seconds. So I'm a little disgusted with you. Okay. Oh, well. So let's, let's, let's go back and talk football and introduce Phil. Okay. Got now? Are you okay with that? I'm good with that. And, yes, I watched you, you baseball. You, you, and, yes, I watched football this weekend, and I was okay. thoroughly okay. disgusted. I was thoroughly disgusted in general. So Why? They, they were pretty good games. 
Oh, you mean Calgary lost Calgary to lost. Montreal to that tire fire in Montreal, right? Wow. Yes, okay. they did. I'm sorry to hear that. Kahari Jones should be coach of the year. There's pretty much no doubt about that. He's, he's, just, he's done an amazing job with a uh, an absolute mess of a uh, of an organization. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for that, Will. Uh, I'm not sure I needed to hear that. It's uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a mild perception shift in the way I consider my relationship with Christopher Jones now on that baseball comment. Um, but let's get back really to CFL. Is baseball a good sport? I don't know. I've never I don't I haven't seen it since for decades. Not since nineteen ninety four. When uh, well you know you know when Phil, what the problem is what the problem is, Phil, is you know, you know, some people have heroes in the life, like some of people like John F. Kennedy and Michael Jordan and people like that. Well, Christopher Jones has been my hero for the last three years until I listened to episode number forty. And now I'm just totally, I don't know what to say. He's, he's distraught. I feel you're not suicidal, are you? We, we shouldn't be I, concerned about you? That, that I'm a baseball okay? fan? No, no, I'm, I'm okay. Well, I, said, I'm, I, I, I want to make sure that Phil is okay because I've lost an image of him. I'll, I'll probably get over it. Well, you know, it's kind of like, it's was, kind of like having Batman for a um, I I couldn't listen anymore because I went into convulsions. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like having Batman as your your hero, and then you see him naked and he's got man boobs. Okay, it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, who comes up with that kind of analogy? Honestly, <laughs> me, I do. Apparently, I, I, I want to know where you ever saw Batman naked. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the same thing. I'm just trying to compare it to I, I, something. Just, I've never been I, this I, disappointed in my life. Okay. Oh, will, will, will. Um, you, you thoroughly concern me, my grand. Thoroughly concern me. I know. I should. I should. Will was in yeah. Vegas this summer. You, you never know what could go on there. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk some football now before I fall asleep? Let's do it. Okay. So there was four four games this weekend, and the first one was very meaningful. It was meaningful for a lot of different teams. Uh, it was a, a Friday night game, and it was Edmonton and Hamilton. Edmonton traveling into Tim Bitfield in Hamilton to play the Ticats, and uh, they went home with their tails between their legs for the last moment. Uh, William, just start off here. Don't start talking about baseball. Or Batman like baseball, so I wouldn't worry with that. Well, or naked Batman. No, no naked Batman. Okay. Naked Batman with man boobs. Anyways, yeah. um, um, you know what? I expected Hamilton to win. Hamilton did win. Yeah. Which was a good, which was a good thing for the BC Lions. That Hamilton Hamilton won Because now they still have a chance They still have a chance And And it was pretty much 
it was pretty much a molly whopping in uh, in Hamilton, forty two to twelve. Oh my god. Okay. Um, well, that was not the you, worst. That's not the worst molly whopping of this weekend. No, Dean Evans uh, didn't play that well. He had two TDs and two hundred and seventy seven yards passing. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think personally, I think Edmund or sorry Hamilton is the best team in the CFL right now, bar none, and they're just beating everybody. Not that it takes much to beat Edmonton, but you know they did. So um, Edmonton's in trouble, and I don't know if they're going to win another game this year. I don't wouldn't know. Wouldn't hurt my feelings. It would not hurt my feelings. Well, no, because then a certain team might make the playoffs if they win all their games. Yep. So, uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it's not looking promising for that to happen, okay? And well, I understand that. You never know. You never know. Weirder things have happened. It's the CFL. Anything well, can happen, man. Yeah, but I, now we've got meaningful games for the rest of the year, and, and BC does have to play um, – Who's those guys? The Riders, and uh, we also have to play Calgary. And and if those become meaningful games, then it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge, right? I mean, BC right. plays Edmonton next week, and that's a big <laughs> kicker. If, if if they can handle the Eskimos next week, and everything is is be good. But uh, my my theory on this is, who that you know everybody's one of the things on Let's Talk uh, Facebook page is who is the hottest team right now. Some Ryder fan put up that, the, the, you know, the, the Riders are the hottest team in the league right now, you know, argue with me sort of thing, or prove me wrong. And, well, Hamilton's playing... to poke the bear. Yeah, it was. I, Hamilton is playing awesome football right now, so it's pretty hot. And there's a few people out there that said BC is the hottest team in the CFL. And, you know what, I, I, as a BC Lions fan, I would love to say, yeah, they are. Let's get real. They beat Ottawa twice. They they beat Montreal by two points in a very tough game, and they only won because of a rookie coaching mistake. And then we beat Toronto. Yeah, they were decisive games, but come on, seriously. We haven't played anybody that's a, a quality team. And not saying that Edmonton next week is going to be a quality team, but they're going to be the biggest challenge that we've had in the last five weeks, four weeks. And, and then it gets harder. Yeah, but play- what team? What team has what team has played Toronto and beat them fifty-five to eight? Nobody. It should have been fifty-five nothing. It was fifty-five Nobody. nothing. Six seconds left in the game. Yeah, right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. So, so don't don't discount them. Maybe they're finally hitting the stride. But I, we shouldn't I, be talking about that game yet. No, no, we shouldn't. We're talking about the Edmonton Hamilton game. But I, I you know, I'm, I'm yeah. excited about their performance. But okay, yeah, I'm a Lions fan, and I got carried away there, and we lost the Edmonton Hamilton game. So we'll go ahead and talk about this football game here, well, Hamilton no, I'm, and I'm, Edmonton. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. Hamilton should be beating Edmonton, and they did, and they're in the top yeah. at the top of the league. And I still think Hamilton is the hottest team in the CFL. So, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Riders fans are thinking when they're, they're they're saying their team is. And yeah, okay, they won eight of the last nine games or something, which is pretty amazing. But Hamilton's um, still top of the league. Ten, twelve victories. You don't do twelve victories unless you've been beating teams outside of your division. Um, yeah, they had twelve victories, and only four of them were in the Eastern Division. That's got to say something. They, they beat eight with Western teams. Yeah, it could have been BC when they were playing like shit, but it was that would have only been two games. Okay, um, Phil, go ahead. Talk about the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Edmonton Eskimos game. The most uh, striking thing about this game is uh, how accurate all of us were, and, and most prognosticators across the country in the collapse of the Edmonton Eskimos over the last, oh, eight weeks. There, yeah. uh, there really isn't much left there in Edmonton. It's starting to be the way we talked about some other teams out east earlier on. Uh, that, that strong defensive performance they put on earlier in the year, they haven't had that for like two months now, not since July. The other thing is uh, Dane Evans, he has continued to look like a veteran quarterback. And there is a rookie quarterback or a rookie starter or a first-year starter now that uh, has a very good possibility of bringing home a Grey Cup. And, uh, he just continues to impress me. I don't, know, I don't know what more I can say about him. And bringing in Tyrell Sutton, has turned out to be a genius move by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. At, at his age, with this much left in the season, he should be able to perform at a uh, at a number one rate, you know, for the rest of the rest of the season. So, I, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are the scariest team in the CFL this week. Without question, they are. And, you know, anybody who's not putting them at the top of the power rankings doesn't know squat about football. And when was, when was the last time we could say that, you know, the top team in the, in the power rankings should be an Eastern team? It's, it, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I could I don't have remember said the that. last time, yeah. No. 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 I'm pretty and, sure and, we'll and, see and, the- Pretty sure Nissan Power Rankings will put them at number one here this week, and well, put the Riders at number two. Uh, yeah, I don't know they why don't you would. That said, it's not fair to say the Riders aren't the aren't the hottest team in the league. They're, they've won nine of their last ten. Sure. Who's that? The Riders? Uh, yeah, he said the Riders. Yeah. Nine of their last nine ten. Hamilton's won seven of eight. So, tomato, tomato. Yep. True. True, Charles. Hamilton still is undefeated at home this year. That's got to say something. Yep. Mm -hmm. Pretty impressive. Okay, Charles, go ahead. Talk about this football game. Edmonton Eskimos, they did did not look good at all, did they? 
I mean, no, they did not. Um, I mean, I didn't see a lot of this, this game because I was out for much of it. But I mean, this looked like a this, these guys looked in the caliber of the Ottawa Toronto in this game. They really did. They didn't look good at all in this game. And uh, a lot of people are saying, well, Logan Kilgore isn't ready, uh, really ready. But this problem started before Kilgore took over. They started losing when Harris was out, was still in. So um, you can't blame this all on Logan Kilgore, who, you know, did about as much as he could. But let's face it, it doesn't look like he is all that ready to be a starter. And you can't. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, what about Fajardo? What about, uh, uh, what's his name, the other dude there, um, Vernon Adams? What about this? What about this guy? You can't just expect every backup to come in and just be a, a blue chipper. That, that doesn't happen like that. Um, I mean, a lot of the black uh, backups this year have gotten, um, you know, have played well uh, because of uh, coming in, but – a lot of these guys, they're still backups for reasons. And Logan Kilgore, his numbers were horrible, 23 of 32, so 71%, 233. The big problem for him was three interceptions. It just um, Dane Evans was uh, really good in this one, 75%, 277, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So, I mean, Kilgore is doing what he can. I don't think they used C.J. Gable enough. They only had him carry the ball 11 times, but again, as we pointed out before, once the team falls behind, they pretty much stop running. But um, he got hurt they, in this game, didn't he? Did Did Gable get hurt? Yeah, I, I I think they had him on the table for a while, and then he didn't return to the game. That may be the case. I'm not entirely sure, but um, uh, they just um, Edmonton looked bad, and uh, they uh, if I'm Edmonton said I'm not panicking, but I'm at least a little worried because, quite frankly, they just looked terrible in this game. Now, they were playing Hamilton, who has the best record in the league, who I think right now is probably the best team in the league. So, uh, Hamilton has beaten most teams, but, you know, Edmonton, you would think, would want to, uh, you know, give a, uh, a good effort. Because you got to think, all Edmonton needs is one win to uh, clinch a playoff spot. So, you think they'd be coming harder after it, but they... Uh, they were just not into this game here. So, uh, and with each loss, I think for the Eskimos, the noose gets a little bit more tighter, and the pressure gets higher on them, and that can cause a team to to p- perform even more poorly, because the more pressure that comes on, the more prone they are to making mistakes. So, they need to really turn this around if they're going to make the playoffs, and. Uh, they got a big one next week coming up with BC. We'll talk about that. Well, we'll probably talk about this on Wednesday. But uh, yes, Hamilton, they're they're rolling like right now. So um, they're they're going to win the East. They're going to host a Western or the Eastern final. I think that's pretty a pretty safe assumption. And we'll see if it's their year this year. They're 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 looking good to come out of the East. I would think. Yeah. Well. But I'm not discounting Montreal either because they're playing pretty good football right now too. But uh, I would still, going into a game between the two, I'd probably still give the edge to Hamilton. 
So right now with with Edmonton playing the way that they they are, which is pretty sad and pathetic, and they do win one game or and or BC loses one game, Edmonton's a crossover team. They're going to go in there and play Montreal, and Montreal's going to absolutely kick their ass around the stadium, and it's going to feel like the the BC crossover game from a couple of years ago when we got beat like fifty four to two in the uh, in the semifinals. You remember that game? Oh God! Yep. How can we forget yep. that game? I, uh, and and, and everybody, it, and all the Eastern fans turn around and say, "This is why there shouldn't be a crossover." Look at it, the BC Lions; they suck, and this, they they should never have crossed over. Toronto should have played in that game; they would have been more, would have been a better game. Well, possibly, but then maybe Toronto should have Not won more games during the season. You know, if you want if you want to play in the playoffs, you got to win games in the season, right? And right now, Edmonton's not doing that well, and uh, God knows what's going to happen. And you know, Jason Moss just looks out of character. Well, he doesn't. He actually looks very much in character. Not a very good coach, uh, and a bit of a spastic. And uh, I don't know. It, it this this has to be the end for him. I cannot see him continuing next year. It, it, it doesn't make sense. But, uh, no. Okay, so that uh, this game ended up 42 to 12 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, as Will had uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, this was just an ass kicking, and uh, so it was going down through the scores here. Charles, you picked uh, Hamilton for 35 points. Will picked him with 36 points. Mark had 30 points. Bill at 31. CJ at 38. None of us really respected the Edmonton defense. You know, Scott? I mean, we were pretty much all, all right. banging on on this one. Uh, the thing that really, really wrecked us, some of us, like uh, Phil and myself, we, both, we overestimated the Edmonton Eskimos and picked them a little higher up in 24 points. And uh, because of this, it, uh, Will's the one that gets the gold star on this one. He picked 36 to 18 off by 12 points. And, uh, Will, you get another gold star. That means you're, you're putting a little bit more distance in, on the game schedule here between you and CJ. Uh, CJ's sucking really bad. He, he didn't win anything this week. I'm looking at the thing, and there's just no. no. I almost won the BC game, but Charles got me on that one. Okay. Um, next game up, uh, Montreal. Congratulations, Will. I just uh, thought I'd share that with you, okay? You, you, you're my hero. Thanks. You're my idol. And I know I'm I, not the I, biggest I, loser. I'm not the biggest no. loser. No, I appear to be the biggest loser, and and I, I I'm an authority of baseball. Who who, who knew? Um, the next game. Well, this one was a little bit interesting. Montreal Alouettes, who were at the beginning of the season the absolute worst dumpster fire. They ditched their head coach uh, prior to uh, training camp or during training camp. Uh, what everything went wrong. The, te- the keys to the team, the owners abandoned the team, uh, everything else. Kahari Jones, who has been brutal as an OC in a couple of different places, including BC, was elevated into the head coaching position, and we all laughed our asses off and said, oh, my God, what is happening to Montreal? And they don't have a quarterback. Antonio Pepkin is named the starter. And uh, Vernon Adams Jr. is in, in the backup role, and they've got somebody else in third place. I don't know who it is. Uh, Schlitz. Schultz. Um, anyhow, Schultz. so, uh, yeah, Montreal is just not looking very good. And then 
what the hell happened? It was like about week four or five. Things started to come together, and they just started winning football games. And they amazingly have won eight games this year. They're one game away from being a 500-football team, which they haven't been in a decade. And uh, good on them. Uh, personally, I think Kahari Jones should get coach of the year for what he's done with Montreal, even if they don't go through the first round of the playoffs. I don't care. I think Montreal has, has amazed everybody. They are the, 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 the big story this year. Uh, Hamilton, we expected to be in top spot in the Eastern Division. Or do we expect them to be as dominant as they are? No. But we didn't expect Montreal to be where they are. And uh, I don't know what to say. They, they just, uh, they've really come together. And they're, they're playing some good football, and they're, they're a good team. You, you cannot discount them. They are a good team. Uh, they would not, at this point in time, be a playoff team in the Western Division. They couldn't do the crossover. Winnipeg is still one game ahead of them, and so is Calgary. Uh, and Calgary's got a game in hand. But uh, anyhow, so uh, that's the way it is. But uh, Montreal went into Calgary. No, Calgary went into Montreal. And Calgary never does well when they go into Montreal. Go figure that one. I can't figure that one out. But they never do. Calgary's always it, – it, it's, it's one of those things you mark on a calendar that says – hey, Montreal might win a game. Well, they've been winning a few games, and they beat the Stampeders this weekend. And uh, let's start off with Will. Why not? What was your take on your, your team's performance? Well, you know, when I, when I think I have control of my emotions, a game like that happens. And, yeah, I uh, had to go for lots of walks yesterday. And I had to smoke lots of cigarettes yesterday, and uh, it just irritated me to no end. The Stampeders had a pretty good first half. Bo Levi threw for over 300 yards. He was picking them apart. They didn't score. They didn't score like they should have scored, and and I think that was part of the problem. They should have put that game away in the first half. They failed to do that. Montreal held them to no points in the second half. And uh, on top of that, the Stampeders have to learn how to hold on to the fucking ball because you cannot turn the ball over five times and expect to win a football game. You know what I mean? You cannot do it. You cannot do it. And and just by the way, if anybody if anybody's watching uh, Sunday Night Football. I just saw a horrific leg injury. It's terrible. Uh-oh. That guy's leg shouldn't be pointing like that. Aki. They, they um, never do. Oh, Aki. Anyways, um, yeah, Calgary lost. They couldn't afford to lose that game, but they lost it, and they shouldn't have lost it, but that's why you play the game. I think Bo Levi played good. It had nothing to do with him. I think it had everything to do with Montreal's defense just trying to wreck people and knocking the ball out, and they did a good job. And I tend to think Montreal so talks. They talk a lot, and I think it gets under the Stampeders' skin and it throws them off their game. This is the second game we've seen this. I, I tend to wonder if they lost yesterday because, in reality, they're playing a football game at, what, 11 o'clock in the morning their time? 
because the game was at 2 o'clock, are they three hours difference? That might have some kind of an effect. But they still lost. They got to pull their britches up and make things happen this Friday in Calgary when they play the Riders. So, yeah, that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a very big game. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Ha- okay. So, uh, you, you got a little bit of... Re- I mean, this Montreal team is the one that uh, uh, BC lost by one point and then beat by two points in the last little while. So, I mean, BC would kind of played fairly good football against Montreal here. And, uh, and and they beat Calgary, so you know maybe maybe my Lions do have a little bit of hope this year. Uh, maybe they do. Who knows? Maybe we can walk in there and, and beat the Stampeders. Are we playing in Calgary on the last? No, no we're that BC is, on the last BC, week. BC, yeah, BC. yeah. Well, that might be a tough one. Maybe if they want to make the playoffs, if they want to make the playoffs, they got to beat them. They got to beat them. Well, they got to beat Edmonton next weekend and Saskatchewan. And, uh, yeah, okay. It's not an easy road. We're back to talking about the BC Lions again. I, I, I haven't wanted to talk about the BC Lions all fucking season. So We're about to get people actually, angry. Yeah. So, hey, I want to talk about the Lions. Okay. Uh, Phil, go ahead. Talk about this Montreal-Calgary game. Uh, you're the only one that picked Montreal to win. And why, why was that? Why did you pick Montreal? Was it because you were the only one that picked Montreal? Or did you actually have this inkling that they were going to be able to beat the St. Peters? Not at all. I was surprised I was the only one to pick Montreal. Uh, with, Like you said yourself, Chris, for Calgary going into Montreal, even when Calgary's having 13-5 and five seasons and 15-3 and three seasons, Montreal is where they, on the road is where they've often had problems. Yeah, not a oh, yeah. Okay. One thing that stands out uh, about this game to me, uh, because I, I only got to see parts of it, uh, busy in renovations around the house and people coming over and, and uh, didn't get to see the whole game, but got to see uh, in the second half uh, most of it. But one thing that stands out to me is uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, 464 yards passing, Vernon Adams Jr., 206 yards passing. You look at those numbers, and, of course, you, you think it's a uh, probably a 38-21 to 21 win for the Calgary Stampeders. But uh, when this is the uh, CFL, and we all know when the turnover ratio is 4-1, to one, the, the chances of winning a game really go, go down severely. And with a with a differential of, of three in turnovers, this is not not untypical uh, statistics. So we've seen this last year with the, with the Saskatchewan Roughriders, similar statistics, winning games, and uh, so it, it's not to be surprising. I, Calgary I, again, actually turned the ball over five times. Was it? It was five, eight, was it? Yeah, I was mistaken. Three fumbles and an interception and a turnover on downs. Oh, right. Yeah, the one on downs. Yeah, which I don't. Yeah, I get maybe that's why I was thinking because I often it counts. count. Yep. yep. But that's, that's all about I, I got about this game because, uh, like I said, I, I didn't see enough of it to, to make any, any good comments. Okay, Charles. Did you enjoy watching this game? It was on pretty bloody early. Well, 
one o'clock Saturday afternoon. It was, but I'm I'm just shocked that Dave Dickinson did not like his head didn't explode when four out of five drives ended in a Calgary turnover. <laughs> I haven't seen that happen in a long time. But I mean, they were they were putting together some pretty good drives, and then shooting themselves in the foot. Um, just um, that's not something you've become accustomed to uh, with the Calgary Stampeders. Bo Levi Mitchell was over three hundred yards passing in the first half, which is remarkable. But yet they only had a seven point lead. And that's because of turnovers, no finish for the Stampeders. Only uh, two offensive touchdowns in this one. Uh, when you put up, I mean, what did they put up? Over f- 560 500. yards yeah, of 560 offense. Yards. And you only get 17, or 20, uh, yeah, 17 points out of it. There's something not right there. Well, that's, I guess, what happened. That's indicative of, of turning the ball over f- four times in five minutes. You're not going to win many games when you're turning the ball over four times in five drives because with each and every turnover, that just kills uh, your momentum and it, and it just basically takes your team and just uh, you get that feeling we can't do anything right. And for a team that put up 17 points, they put up nothing in the second half, not a single point. Um, I don't know what I just <laughs> I don't know how to explain that one because when they had so many yards and to be shut out in the second half and give the uh, Alouettes credit for being very resilient in this one they didn't they chipped away at it and the Alouettes defense they were on this game they were the kind of the classic bend but not break defense they gave up a lot of yards in between the 20s but when they needed to, they caused turnovers, and they they kept uh, the Stampeders out of the end zone. So a really um, surprising – I mean, you just don't see that from the Calgary Stampeders very often. You always think of them as like a well-oiled machine that are going to put up points and uh, move the ball. Well, they were moving the ball, but they couldn't buy a point to save their life, especially in the second half. And I think it also showed that – with Vernon Adams, this guy is the straw that stirs the drink with the Montreal Alouettes because that was a far different Alouettes team than we saw the week before against the Lions, and that was quickly evident in this game. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't even that he put up huge numbers because he didn't. He only had uh, 206 passing yards, but he's a calming uh, control over that team. He steadies that team. Uh, he keeps that team level. And I think it showed really well there uh, in this one. So uh, who would have thought week one of this season, who (laughs) going into the season would have said the Montreal Alouettes are going to sweep the season series against the Calgary Stampeders? If you asked 100 people, 99 would have said uh, no. uh, But... um, they did it. They go out and they sweep the uh, Stampeders, which just is bizarre to me. But, hey, they did what they did. So uh, good for Montreal. And 
Calgary's just in that dogfight there with Saskatchewan and to a lesser extent Winnipeg now for that top spot. It's uh, it's going to be a meat grinder right down to the uh, last week, I think. I uh, is it going to be? I just I don't know. Calgary, Calgary's got to play Saskatchewan now, and they're they're. They didn't look good last night or yes or Saturday. They did not look good. No, they didn't. You know, and five hundred and sixty yards. Seriously. I mean, I'm looking at the at the, the the stats for Montreal, and I'm going, okay, Vernon Adams got two hundred and six yards. That's that's nothing. Okay, rushing. Okay, William Stanback. Yeah, he he had to have an amazing game. Oh, only sixty one yards. Jeremiah Johnson, 23 yards? Come on, that's not real. Come, come, this isn't even 300 yards of offense. It's not possible that they could beat the Calgary Stampeders. Renee Paredes misses a field goal from 40 yards. I, in what world does that make sense? You know, they would be within a point if he had made that field goal. It was a perfect no, just, form for Montreal. Yeah, it just, uh, it just went very, very well for them. Okay. It, the, the week before, it did not. And, Do you understand why I went for lots of walks? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't blame you. Okay, this one's a wrap. Montreal twenty-one, uh, Calgary seventeen. Oh my God, Charles, you're a loss. Will, you're a loss. Mark, yep. you're a loss. CJ, you're a loss. Phil, you get the golden ticket. No surprise. We're all surprised. Uh, the next game, Saskatchewan and Winterpeg. Or is it, it, the new name Winterpeg? There is a lot of people in the emergency ward in, the, uh, in, in uh, Winnipeg these days. Have you noticed that? There's a lot of people with broken arms and broken legs and stuff like that because of jumping off the bandwagon. And, and, and not landing it very well because, uh, oh, my God, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, they are not taking this one well at all. Have you noticed that there's a, a – we don't have a, a, a lot of conversation and let's talk CFL, but I'm also a member of that uh, – the armchair uh, – armchair uh, – yeah, whatever it is, uh, Jared's group. Winnipeg. Uh, and Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm a member, too. The, the, it, it, it's about the Bombers and, and the Jets. Right? Yes, I know a little bit about hockey, and the conversations have just absolutely disappeared about football, and everything is all about hockey right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like the the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans have packed it in, and they said, "Well, you know what? It was an amazing year. We were looking really good. We were going to win the Great Cup, but now it's 29 years." 1990 is a long time away uh, ago, and uh, it's not. We're not going to win this year, and I think they they they've thrown up the white flag. I, do you agree with me there, Charles? I'm not sure if they've thrown up a white flag, but the uh, that site they were uh, hugely confident about four weeks ago. They're saying, "Yeah, this is our year. This is our year. The Bombers are great." And that kind of talk has just almost disappeared. You know what I'd love to see right now? This would be funny. Is, is actually BC Lions, okay, make the playoffs. They cross over to the east, and they beat the Montreal Alouettes, okay? And I know that the, I'm dreaming here. I'm absolutely dreaming here. 
But the Bombers have, would now have to play at the way we currently stand, would have to play Calgary. And I honestly don't think the Bombers could beat Calgary right now. So the Cal- Winnipeg Blue Bombers would be eliminated from the playoffs before the BC Lions. Now, who the hell would have thought that one? And, and you know, come on, <laughs> seriously, I would laugh my ass off. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so this game here is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Charles, go ahead, talk about it. Okay, well, the Bombers, um, without Matt Nichols, are a very ordinary football team. It's really hard to draw any other conclusion. Um, they went into this game, which should have been a, a battle of the Titans, a real, um, uh, real hard-fought battle, a real good um, game, and they came out with a clunker. They didn't score a touchdown. Um, uh, Chris Trevler, I remember so many people before Matt Nichols went down getting injured, they're like, Trevler's the guy. Put Trevler in. Put Trevler in. He's not ready to be a starter, folks. He doesn't have a very good arm. Uh, A lot of his effectiveness is with his legs. And we're seeing it week in and week out. Um... He is very uh, erratic when he throws the ball down the field, when he tries to throw the deep ball. It can sometimes be right on the money. It can other times be miles away from his intended receiver. Andrew Harris just isn't the same Andrew Harris from before his suspension. I'm not making any inferences about anything, but he's What, just, you're saying that, the, that he's, just, he's not on steroids anymore? So I'm not saying that well? at all. I'm not saying that at all. It's just that ever since he's come back, he hasn't been nearly the same player. Beginning of the season, he looked like he was going to run away with the MOP. I don't think he's even in the discussion anymore. Um, he only had 67 yards running, um, 11 carries. Yeah, I know they were trailing, but they weren't getting blown out. At the end of the third quarter, it was 11-3. to That's a one-score game. You don't have to abandon the run at that point. Uh, but they still only gave him the ball 11 times. Uh, well, on the other side, Cody Fajardo, steady as she goes, another 300-yard game, one touchdown. Shaq Evans with a monster game, 193 yards, a touchdown. Um, and the defense just shut the Bombers down, which they did the first time they played this year, too. Um, in this team, you're seeing, we've seen a lot of um, – Backups come in and really uh, take the reins and uh, take over the teams. Guys like Fajardo, uh, guys like Dane Evans, guys like Vernon Adams. Chris Trevler just isn't getting it done like those guys. He had 275 yards passing. Big deal. You didn't produce a single touchdown. And that's really where uh, where it counts. Uh, Darvin Adams had a nice game, nine catches for 109 yards, but in reality, uh, this was just a, a, um, a no-show for the most part for the Bombers. The Riders weren't spectacular in this game, but they didn't need to be because the Bombers really did not really show up in this one. So the Riders are now, i got to say, looking at it as it is right now, especially after this week, i got to think that the Riders are now in the driver's seat uh, with regards to first place in the West because... The Bombers didn't look very good. The Stampeders didn't look very good. And the Riders, while they weren't great, they keep winning. And that, at this point, that's what really matters. Pardon? 
That just means they're beatable. They're beatable, but no one's beating them. So you got to go with what's working. And obviously it's working for the riders right now. And I think they're in the driver's seat for first place. I do. But we'll have to wait. I'll see how it shakes out for the final three weeks. But, uh, yeah, just a no-show this week for the Bombers in what was an important game. A very important game. Yep. This was this is was a defining moment in their season, and they they didn't show up to participate. They failed. They yeah, big F. Sorry, but they did. What your your finger and your thumb in the shape of an L on your forehead? I think that's a that's a lyric from a song. song, Yes. William, 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 William. Yes. Well, you you actually picked Saskatchewan to win this game. No, Winnipeg yeah, to win this game. Yeah, you know no, Winnipeg. You haven't done that a lot with Winnipeg. Well, I know, but Saskatchewan, I thought maybe Saskatchewan would be overconfident and Winnipeg would actually, Straveler would have improved his offense. But... I didn't think I'd say this this year, but Streveler is not as good of his quarterback as Matt Nichols, and I don't think much of Matt Nichols. But no. obviously he was getting it done. And Streveler is not. <laughs> so, I mean, he only had, I think he was, he had like 30 less yards than Fajardo did. But uh, they didn't score. They didn't score a touchdown. Um, their defense, I think their defense played well. They they held Saskatchewan to 21 points. After all, Cody Fajardo is the premier quarterback in the CFL, according to somebody on this panel. Um, Not me. So, yeah, I know it wasn't you. He knows who he is. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> but I still think... I still think Winnipeg, they've got a pretty good defense. Okay, they still have a pretty good defense. And I think it got better because they they got uh, Brandon Alexander back, or whoever it was this year, we kept safety. But you still need a quarterback to win in this league. And right now they don't have a quarterback. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of trade talk. We've got the trade deadline coming up, and uh, a lot of people have been saying that there's going to be a trade happening between Winnipeg and Toronto. Winnipeg is going to go after a quarterback. And uh, then uh, uh, you hear things out of uh, Kyle. Kyle, what's his name? Uh, he says, no, Kyle that's Walters. not going to happen. Kyle Walters. Yeah. I wanted to call him Kyle Marshall. They're stupid if they but, don't. Yeah, yeah but Mike O'Shea, Mike O'Shea has said they're not bringing in another quarterback, which I know is the stupidest yeah. thing he's ever said. So beyond well, he said some pretty dumb things, and sometimes he's just better off to shut up. Oh, that's what he normally yeah. does. He, yeah. Well, he usually doesn't say much about anything. So, and and the one time he does make a statement, then his quarterback goes out and shits the bed two games in a row. You better do something, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, never mind. You know, Forget I said anything. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I so, think Winnipeg's yeah. in trouble. And just adding to this, 
I haven't heard our buddy Jared online very much lately. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Should, should, should we just should, saying. should I make a post with that? Hang on, let's let's go up there. All those guys are missing. Go ahead. Where is Jared Zanwich? Have not heard him and and I was just gonna mention I was just gonna mention conveniently Mark has disappeared since this whole losing streak has come on right yeah I wasn't gonna say it but yeah I understand he, he, he has to take, work well, he does not take bombers losing well not at all you know no, so no, he's no, he late a lot early a lot oh, yeah will pull my feet. See what I can do. There you go. I think I'll just post this and see what happens. <clears throat> I haven't heard from him lately. Okay, yeah. <coughs> uh, Charles, did you go go on this or did I you, did, you yes. just typing up? You did? Okay. Oh, Phil, no, you're no. it. The Ryder fan is the only one who hasn't gone. And everybody's yep. eating up on the bombers well, so no, so I was bad. Sa- I was saving I was saving you for last because you like to talk and talk and talk and talk. And I just wanted to make sure that the other guys got to talk first. So well, I'll, I'll let you go. And three names. You're three setting numbers. up you're setting up the bombers for somebody to just put their foot on their throat. So you know I don't think that's fair to the bombers really to have me go last. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like an episode of Gladiator. But Phil, so I, I'm going to stick go ahead for the bombers. Kick them in the nuts. Go ahead, kick them in the nuts right now. <laughs> go ahead. You know, I, I'm, going in, this was this was a huge game, and I, as a Ryder fan, I wasn't completely confident. I, I was because of the home field advantage, and because you know, Cody Fajardo before this game. Uh, he was 17 of 18 for 169 yards in the final three minutes of, of games this season. So I knew if the riders were behind that he would lead a scoring drive. And that gave me great confidence we are going to get the win. We didn't need Cody Fajardo to come up with fourth or final three-minute heroics in this game on a final drive. But uh, so I think the riders did better than expected. Go! Uh, you know, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's defense is so talented. And and previously, Paul Appleton had, had orchestrated uh, some Who's magic out of Chris Strebler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, there was no magic to be had this weekend, and I think you guys covered it really well. And I think Charles in particular, when he said that uh, – Chris Strebler hasn't, for for a backup quarterback that took over his team, he hasn't been up there with Fajardo, Dane Evans, and uh, Vernon Adams Jr. But in Chris Strebler's defense, he's in his second season in the CFL. Those other three are in their fourth and fifth seasons. So uh, um, there I go. I, I just couldn't do it to Bomber fans because it, they may not come back to social media if, uh, if I was uh, to continue the – the onslaught that they've received this week. Uh, I could go into a lot of good stuff the Ryder fans would like to hear, but um, Shaq Evans, what a fantastic game. He was my game star as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) 
And I'm done. Okay. <laughs> well, stop it. It has to be Will. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. That's all right. That's that is a good way to finish it. <laughs> okay. What, what no. Oh yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah, that's the end of that. And, uh, okay, so what happens here? We had the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We had the Winnipeg Blue Bombers playing in Regina, tough place to play, and uh, the best opponent. And Winnipeg, they, they kept the, the Riders kept the Bombers out of the end zone. Bottom line, you can't win football games with field goals. Okay, Edmonton tried it. They kicked seven field goals in one game. They still lost. You can't do that. You've you got to put the ball in the end zone if you want to win football games. And bottom line, 21-6 to six is not a quality football game. Okay? So, uh, Bombers did uh, well on – sorry, the Riders did well on this one. Charles, you're out by 25 points. Will and Mark, uh, no no question, Mark took the Bombers. I'm a little surprised that Will did. Um, I know you can't pick Saskatchewan, and it, it, it's, it's tough no matter what. Um Phil, you picked the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to win. You you're off by 22 points, and CJ was picked. Also picked the Riders, which is uh, I can't do that. It just goes against everything in my belief system. But I picked the Riders to win because I honestly think the Bombers suck right now. And uh, but I was off by 24 points. So Phil, you get another golden ticket. Okay. Good for you. Nice to pick one at home like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The last game, and the most spectacular game of the, the weekend, without question, saw the BC Lions uh, at home, at home, playing uh, the Toronto Argonauts. And, the, you know, we, we did not expect much from Toronto. Uh, nobody picked Toronto to win. Nobody here, nobody, no, 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 I, I don't know anybody anywhere actually thought Toronto was going to beat BC. Uh, BC has been playing better football, but like I said, they only beat Ottawa and Montreal. So they beat Montreal, so that's got to give them some credit. You can't discount Montreal right now. They are playing good football. But the BC Lions uh, kind, of, kind of came out, and they dominated this game from the uh, opening kickoff. And, uh, you know, the Argos, if you start off with an interception, a fumble, a two-and-out, a fumble, and a fumble, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. You cannot do that, okay? I Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that their kicker didn't, like, get, grow icicles on him or something. Oh, he was in BC Place. It's not that cold. Um, yeah, so, uh, Charles, you were at the game. I'll let you go, go talk. You can rant for a little bit here on the BC Lions because uh, I, I like the idea. Go ahead, man. They were down 20 points and had run four offensive plays. Uh, that would be hard to do if you were trying to do it. I mean, we talked about the turnovers earlier with Calgary. Well, Toronto was just as bad. I mean, uh, it was just they, it's like they didn't want the ball. They play and boom, fumble, boom, fumble. I don't know what Chris Rainey was trying to do on the one kickoff because he tried to pitch it to a guy who clearly was not expecting it. And it just kind of hit him, and uh, let's scoop it up. Um, you could tell that this was going to be a nightmare for the Argos pretty much within the first three minutes of the game. 
And by about the halfway part of the first quarter, the game was, for all intents and purposes, over. And, um, yeah, the Lions just went out. This was a glorified practice for them. The only thing that really pissed me off in this game, they gave up a touchdown with six seconds left. I wanted the shutout. Yeah, you wanted the shutout. You actually, you needed one more point, and it would have been the biggest shutout of all times. Actually, two points. The biggest yeah. shutout of all times in the CFL was 56 to nothing. Okay, so right. if they had got even a cup, another field goal, and it would have been 58. They would have broke a league record of the biggest shutout of all times. But, no, it wasn't to be. And I have a real serious question. Why the fuck did they not put Bethel, uh, McCall Bethel Thompson in earlier? I, at halftime there, I'm thinking, okay, well, McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to play at um, um, halftime or after halftime because I think um, John, um, that James, James Franklin, Franklin, I think it only p- completed three passes in the first half. So he comes out. I'm like, what the hell? Why is he still playing? And actually, yep. for the little time that McLeod Bethel Thompson was in, he actually plays fairly well. Um, I mean, they were dead buried long before he got into the game, but he came in and actually wasn't bad. He um, goes out and he throws um, 9 of 14 for 94 yards and a touchdown, and that was in about a quarter. I think he played about the fourth quarter, and that was it. But those numbers are considerably better than what James Franklin did in three quarters. I don't know why McLeod Bethel Thompson didn't start this game. I was expecting all last week he was going to because James Franklin was atrocious the week before. But Corey Chamblin goes back to him. I guess Corey Chamblin doesn't care because he's not going to have a job at the end of this season. Um, James Wilder Jr., we've talked about him before. 7.3 yards a carry. Three carries. Great. I mean, this was just uh, embarrassment. I mean, thirty-four to nothing at halftime. I mean, what do you even say at halftime? At that point, you say, oh, "We're done, guys. Let's just go through the motions." Because that's what they did in the second half. Uh, because the the lion, Mike Riley, was just dominant. But I mean, let's call it what it is. Mike Riley had no real challenge in this game. He did not. I don't even remember him getting rushed all that much. I don't believe Toronto had a sack. Well, they did, actually. They had. Yeah. No, wait a minute. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Quarterback sack. Zero. Yeah. There was a sack on Mike Riley, but it was called back on a penalty. On a penalty. That's right. So um, so it doesn't count. Um, Brian Burnham was Brian Burnham. I. I've kind of poked the bear this morning and put out the argument that Brian Burnham's the best receiver in the CFL, which I firmly believe he is. Ten catches for 145 yards and three touchdowns. I got a lot of Brandon Banks being thrown in my face, but I stand by what I say. Deron Carter had his best game as a BC Lion. Seven catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Shaq Johnson had a touchdown. But, I mean, this was all around five touchdown passes for Mike Riley. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a joke right from the beginning. There was no 
this was not even really a game. It was a glorified scrimmage by the time the second quarter showed up. As I said, as a Lions fan, I loved it because I love watching my team blow teams out. But if you had, um, if you had like no, if you're not a fan of either one of those teams, there was no reason for you to even stick around at halftime because this game was long over by halftime. So uh, this Argo team, it looked for a while there in the uh, middle of the season that they might have started to be turning a bit of a corner. Uh, they haven't turned anything. If anything, they've gone backwards in reverse uh, with pedal to the metal because it seems like they're battling with Ottawa with who's worse because uh, they cannot um, – neither one of those teams look like they could beat uh, a college team or maybe not even a high school team the way these guys are playing. But it's a real sad show in Argos. Argoland, they're literally just trying to play out the string. The Lions are still alive for the playoffs. Do I think they're going to make it? No, I don't. I'm realistic. I mean, while they're still in, the, the, the chances of them making the playoffs are so minuscule even now. But, hey, they're at least keeping themselves alive in the hunt. And they've actually given this game next week against the Eskimos some actual meaning to it. So, uh, we're still holding on by a thread, but it was a it was a, a blowout, a rout, and it was fun to see for us Lions fans who earlier in the season weren't didn't have much to cheer about, but we finally got something here down the stretch. Okay, how how many minutes are there in a football game? Sixty. So, time of possession should be pretty even, right? I mean, each team gets the ball, goes back and forth. So it should be around 30 to 30, 29 to 31, something like that. And that's usually the way most games are, right? You agree? Yep. Oh, yep, typically, okay. yep. Okay. Not this game. Toronto had it for 16 minutes and 38 seconds. 16 minutes. You never see a team have 40 minutes of possession. BC had it for 43 minutes and 22 seconds. That's freaking almost, almost three quarters. That's almost three complete quarters BC had the ball. I, 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 this, this was a joke. I, I, I honestly didn't think it was a football game. It's embarrassing uh, for the Argos. Yeah, it was. And, and, and Argo I, fans I all the over. I started feeling bad for them. And not so much for them, but their fans to be subjected to this. They have great fans. They do. Argonauts have some great fans, and I'm I'm not never going to say anything bad about them. Uh, They they they're a very strong strong fan base there. Uh, I don't know. There's not none to say about this one. William. Yes. Well. Well, you know what? I don't know. There's not none to say about this one. William. Um. Yeah. Oh my God! What's happening? Who's you know what? Uh, I was. Somebody's I got pressed the, the wrong button. Yeah. I pressed the wrong button. I pressed the wrong button. It's okay. Anyways, okay. um, you know what? I don't know if it's okay. PC <laughs> looked okay. PC looked okay. PC looked fantastic. I'm surprised Mike Riley only had 200 and. 59 76. yards passing or something like 276. that? 
276 because a game like that, he should have had 680. But the reason he didn't is because the Argos kept fumbling on their own, like, 30-yard line or whatever, and they the Lions had no uh, short field all night. Yeah, they, they, they didn't yeah. have to run the well, Um, They played well. They played Toronto. Okay. Um, but they're keeping their hopes alive. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what to say about this other than the entire Toronto organization should be fired today, yesterday, last night, tomorrow, whatever. Okay, because well, we said we said that Corey Chamlin could or may be fired in the next day or so, but then that puts Jim Pop back as head coach. And we all know that Jim Pop's a terrible head coach, so that wouldn't do the Argos any good. No, but still, who's making the decision to start? What's his face? Okay, what's his name? Oh my God, I can't even remember his name anymore. James Franklin. James Franklin. James, James Franklin. He was horrible. Okay, and when I didn't watch the whole game because I got bored after like twenty-one nothing or something like that. When did they put Bethel Thomas in? Uh, I think, I, it, was I think it was just it. before, just before the fourth quarter started. What did they think James Franklin? Was gonna do better because if I'm if I'm <laughs> if I'm looking at the stats right, he had what? He was what did he have? Well, they don't even have his stats up. They don't. Uh, yeah, they well, do. Yeah, yeah they do. Gotta... He was six of nine for thirty-two yards and an interception. Okay, what did he show them that left him in for three quarters? Come on. I want to know what he showed last week to get the start. Hang on, hang on, you guys. He passed the ball. He made three receptions in the first half. And in the third quarter, he got three more. He doubled. He doubled them up in just one quarter. I mean, that's that's a massive improvement. I, I I don't know what to say, and and we're gonna get this t- to this later. But there's rumors, there's rumors that the that the Bombers are gonna trade for one of Toronto's quarterbacks. Why? Okay, why? <laughs> you think that's gonna make a difference? That's what does that say about your quarterback? Yeah, but if they trade him, they would be stupid. Okay. They're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, they only yeah, got two games left or something, don't they? And they, they seem to love James Franklin. <laughs> I don't understand why. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I'd even take Cardi, Cody Fajardo over him. Okay? Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you're needy if you don't. So. No. I don't take you for but, one. Yeah, I just... Toronto is the dumpster fire that we always have every year. And it used to be Montreal, but it's not anymore. So, well, they're in Ottawa trouble. Is competing for it. Ottawa is competing for that, that, that thing. I mean, between the two of them, BC has the same amount of wins. 
and that's not saying much. <clears throat> there are people right now on, on the Let's Talk Facebook group that are saying that there should not be a crossover, that a Western team should play in the West and Eastern team should play in the East, and I'm going, okay, you know what? I don't think BC Lions right now at this point in time deserve <coughs> to cross over. At the very best, they're going to be end up being eight wins. Okay, at the very best, they're going to have eight wins. Okay, that's not worthy of crossing over. I I 100% agree. Okay, but a three and 15 team has no right to be in the playoffs. I think Montreal should just get a bye. As good as they're playing, Christopher, for us CFL fans. As good as the BC Lions are playing for us CFL fans, I think we deserve to see the BC Lions in the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree. I don't care about the record. I I care about what what I want to see, good good playoff football. And the only way we're going to see that is if the BC Lions somehow squeak into the playoffs because we're not going to see that out of the the Edmonton Eskimos. The Edmonton Eskimos do the East crossover – and that game in Montreal is that's probably one I'll tune out if I'm busy at home. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. And being a Lions fan, of course I'm going to agree. But I, as a CFL fan, I, I agree with you because Edmonton is just not playing quality football right now. Edmonton is going to wipe the floor with them. And BC could could challenge Montreal for a, a victory there. But, I mean, we beat them, just played them almost back-to-back games, and, and – both games were really close. So they are going to be a good – that would be a good Eastern semifinal game, BC and Edmonton, or BC and Montreal. But we don't know. And I, I'm with Charles. I, I, I'd I love to see it, and I'm praying for it. But I don't I, – my, I'm being realistic. I don't think they're going to make it. They waited they, they too to late. Be, yeah, it, it was a little bit it, – it too, too little too late. Uh Having to take one from Saskatchewan and having to take one from Calgary to, to make the playoffs is just going to be too big of a, a task. Especially with yeah. those teams who will still be likely embroiled in a battle for first place uh, at the time they play them. So they're not going to be resting guys. So <laughs> that makes it even well, tougher. I mean, Saskatchewan puts Calgary next week, right? So if Saskatchewan wins... Uh, Calgary's not going to catch him. Right? Yeah, you're probably right about that. If Saskatchewan loses, Saskatchewan will be an easy mark for BC. Because well, Saskatchewan holds, holds the uh, the balance of power with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, but uh, they absolutely need a win against Calgary to even stay competitive. they need, they got to be one game ahead of uh, Calgary uh, to be even in my mind because Calgary will hold that se- that season series even if the Riders were to win that game. So I, I've still got the the Calgary Stampeders at even odds to uh, finish first in the West. Well, I I personally think they they will, but you know we'll see what happens. It, 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 I hope they don't because, like I said, then that's going to make. Uh, the Saskatchewan and the Calgary game but so much more meaningful to them and uh, more of a challenge for my BC Lions. Okay, so we've all played on this game. So final score was BC Lions 55, Toronto 8. And the 8 points 
honestly came in with six seconds remaining in the game. The BC Lions had already packed up the sidelines and had headed to the bus, and uh, Toronto went down for a touchdown. Uh, you know, when you're up 55 nothing or 50, even 55-8, to eight, I'll give it 55-8 to eight is, is, is an absolute molly whopping. And Devon, everybody on the BC Lions sidelines was excited and celebrating, and they're laughing and having fun and joking around. They just absolutely kicked ass. Did you see Devon Claybrook? He was pissed off. Oh, he, he was, was furious when they scored that he touchdown. Furious that they scored points on that game. Oh, he was so mad. And, and I went, oh, okay, well, at, you know what? At this point in time, you got to give the guy a little bit of credit because he, he still wanted to play football. He still wanted to go for the throw. He wanted uh, his defense Mike, to get a shutout there. Yeah, yeah. BC Lions have not had a shutout since 1977. Not in my lifetime. Okay. Who did since 1977. Who did they what, shut out? Uh, Toronto. Toronto. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, it was Toronto. <laughs> but, yeah, in 1977, I was, uh, you know, 15 years old. So, uh, yeah. It was negative one. <laughs> negative one. It was negative one. So, final score, 55 for BC Lions, Toronto Argonauts, eight. Uh, wow. Nobody picked it, BC getting up into the 50-burger mark, and they did it. And they, I, I never thought I would say that this, this season, honestly, the way things are going. Uh we all kind of got that. I actually picked the BC Lions. No, Charles, you picked the BC Lions with the highest score. You went 37 points. I went 32. Everybody else was in the 20s. You did get the, the golden ticket here with a, a 30-point spread. I was at 30. Great. I want you to know here something. You know, Will was 31-point spread, too, but um, he overestimated the Argos. Um, the, the, if you look at this, and, I'm, you know, I'm in last place in, in picking – teams this year. Right? No doubt about it. I am in last place. But this one here, you were off by 30 points. I was off by 31. Okay? I was off by one point. That, you know, there's no real shame in that. Uh, the, the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game. Phil, you got the golden ticket with 22 points spread. I was 24. I'm off by two points. Okay? Uh, yeah, Montreal, I'm not even going to go there. I lost. I picked Calgary. What an idiot. Um, and, Will, you picked uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and your gift was out by 12 points. Mine was by 16. So I lost three games by a total of seven points. That's uh, a story I hear from receivers when, like, three of them are just off their fingertips. You know? Yeah. You know, I know. You know. I know. You know, about, so I think, close. 2014, there was a team in the CFL that was 4-14, and 14, and Christopher used to call them the best 4-14 four and, 14, four and 14 team ever. So, and they thing, were. Isn't it? And, and they were, and absolutely. Yeah. Yes, they it was. They, they yeah. lost. Coached by Chris Jones. Coached by no. Chris Jones. No. Yeah. yeah. No. His first... First year in Edmonton. Yep. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. He was his first year in Edmonton. The second year he won a Grey Cup. Yep, that's right. They went from four and fourteen to Grey Cup champions in a year. 
And I, I had to agree in 2014 with uh, Christopher Jones suggesting that that, that 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 team was the best 4-14 team I'd ever seen as well. Yeah, and it, they were an amazing football team that lost games by a point. Mm-hmm. Or two or three or ten. But, I mean, they were they were close. They were in every game, and, and he just... I don't know. It just it was so frustrating. Anyhow, uh, let's uh, move on to talk some football. We have a, an agenda that we created for last Thursday. Uh, is there, but where did it go? Where is it? Oh, I reposted it. I know, I know. I printed it out last week. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to go over the same things because you know there wasn't really a lot of stories that happened out of this these games here, so. Uh, we're going to go with what we had last week because they're still kind of relevant. Uh, Rod Peterson of uh, the Rod Peterson Show uh, is calling for Simone Lawrence to be suspended for the season after his latest hit. Is he right? Well, no, he's not right. He's not right because the CBA doesn't allow it. So what the hell? Rod, you should know what the rules are in the, in the CFL and know that he cannot be suspended for a season. And you're still pissed off because he uh, – of this quasi-late hit on uh, Zach Caleros. So, you know, I'm sorry, you know, Rod, since you left the Saskatchewan Rough Riders organization, or actually not the organization, but they're play-by-play when Craig uh, Reynolds kicked you out because he's a disgusting pig, um, and and you went off on your own and you're independent, I've really enjoyed your show and I've enjoyed a lot of different things, but calling for Simone Lawrence to be suspended for the entire rest of the season or next season or whatever else you want him suspended for, it, it isn't, it's not a, a, an intelligent con- comment. It's just simply not. You cannot make statements like that that go against the CBA. So uh, don't do it. I don't care what you want. I don't care who you're going to call for it. It's not going to happen. The Players Association won't allow it. So move on. Um, Phil, you talk about your uh, – uh, your, your favorite broadcaster there, Rod Peterson. And do you think he's out to lunch on this call, or do you think that it has some merit to, to something that they should negotiate in the CBA to be able to kick players' asses to the curb for an entire season because they don't like them? Well, Christopher, well, I don't think Rod Peterson is, is at all out to lunch on this call. I, I, uh, I ultimately do disagree with I do disagree with him, and it's it, it, on this particular issue. And and uh, Simone Lawrence is, is is an incredible football player. I mean, the fact that he had 17 tackles in that game, in fact, just shows us how incredible, how driven he is. And 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 of course, what makes him driven also makes him a little bit dangerous. But that's football. And uh, player of the week. And I don't disagree with that either. And I also would not disagree if uh, if Andrew Harris was named uh, the the most valuable player in the CFL, for that matter, on both those. But he's not right now. And I and I no, and he's not right now. And I would and I think I uh, if I think back probably to Rod's position, I probably disagree with him on that as well. But uh, I sure respect Rod's position, and uh, I think it. it Brings up some interesting conversation, and uh, let's face it, Simone Lawrence is a dangerous player, and he he needs to be uh, c- controlling himself. I think he's going to be in this league for a very long time. He's going to be a uh, a Hall of Famer, and 
I hope he carries himself like a Hall of Famer. And you know, let's face it. You know, he took a he took a uh, half game uh, paycheck cut for for the, his last suspension or his last uh, uh, sorry fine from from the CFL uh, without filing a grievance. So uh, yeah, you know, so he's aware. Um, I think the worst thing I ever seen out of him this year was trying to twist the the ankle of that line of that uh, running back for this for the Calgary Stampeders. Of course, that hit on uh, Zach Caleros was intense and something we should never see. That was but a good football hit, though. I, I I disagree with that. I still disagree with that, and he deserved the the penalty he got. But uh, as far as uh, suspending him for the rest of the season, I I think uh, he's on a short leash, but I think that's just going too far. That's that's all. I, I mean, we have rules in the CFL, and uh, some of them are created by the, the uh, rules committee, and some of them are, are, are committed to, or, or created by the uh, uh, collective bargaining agreement between the uh, Canadian Football League Players Association and the Canadian Football League, and we have a rule that says you can't do that. So, you know, for somebody to come out and, and say that you should break the rule, you should break your collective agreement, your negotiated settlement between the organizations, between the union and the, and the league, and uh, just spend it, suspend him uh, is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous comment. Well, Rod is not a part of the business side of the CFL. He's a commentator, just a professional one, but no different than you or me. He's a commentator on the league. But you should know the rules. He should know. He's been doing this long enough that he should know. The CBA is not a secret document. Yeah, but I don't think he's held to that kind of standard. I don't think he's held to that standard to to know the rules in everything that he writes or or every position that he takes. Well, he he should. He should take it as a a point of pride. Yeah, I mean, if if he's been covering for so long... You got to know the rules, especially for someone. I can understand like a kid that's just getting in to um, um, getting like into a, uh, for a year or even five years. Rod Peterson's been around 10, 15 years covering the CFL. He's got to know all the rules. I mean, uh, if, how do you have any credibility if you don't? Well, because he's he's been a, he's been the writer's voice for so long that he. Reality doesn't mean anything to him because he's taken the, the, the rider position regardless of, of the situation. So, and, and, and that's kind of it. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, I'm enjoying Rod Peterson a lot more since he's no longer uh, married to the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but he still needs to take a, 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 another step back from them and, 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 and Bring some reality and bring some credibility to his broadcast. It's personal opinion. And uh, you know what? I get along really well with Rod. We chat often on Facebook. Um, so it's, it's not like, you know, oh, you're an asshole and I'm not talking to you. No, we talk quite a bit. We share uh, information. We share secrets and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't have a problem with Rod Peterson. I just think he's totally out to lunch for this. He should know what the rules are. And I'm probably going to hear about it tomorrow. Charles, go ahead. 
Uh, well, I kind of, I mean, Rod Peterson's got to be, um, uh, I'm sorry, I, he's calling him for the, to um, be suspended for the year. Like you said, you can't do that. There's a CBA in place where it prohibits something like that. And second of all, I know a lot of people didn't like the this most recent hit, but uh, I didn't think. First of all, I didn't like the uh, the hit on Calaris at the beginning of the year. I had no problem with that. I didn't even know if this was suspended. You could, I sort of see where you could get a, a late hit penalty. I didn't think it was something that really deserved a fine or a suspension because I didn't think it was malicious. Um, and Rod Peterson, I don't know if he's just trying to make headlines or whatnot, but I know some people supported him, and some people called him out on uh, online, telling him basically to shut up and stay in his lane, uh, so to speak. But I don't like Rod Peterson going out and, and yammering and so on. Uh, I don't mind Rod, although some of the things he says drives me absolutely crazy. But... Um, <laughs> And this was one of them. I don't. I don't. Controversy is a good uh, thing. Yeah, apparently. I mean, we're hell. We're talking about them, so we must be doing something right. But uh, it works works for me. I I don't like media members calling out and saying demanding for someone to be suspended or penalized and stuff like that. They've got internal people to do that. They've got people that work for the club to do that. Media guys are supposed to be unbiased and impartial. Now that's kind of fantasy land because there's a lot of um, <laughs> bias, uh, bias um, uh, homeless Bob, that work Bob Irving. NFL. Bob Irving. And hell, I can't even... Uh, Julio Caravetta here in BC is a Lions homer. I can't deny that. Um, so, but you know what? Uh, leave the discipline to the guys uh, that are dishing it out for the league, the guys they pay to do this stuff. Agreed. Agree. Yep. William, you have anything to add to this ridiculous conversation? Yep. Don't care. Don't care. Oh don't my care. God! You... Rod Peterson, don't, don't care. When 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 you're getting in the middle of an argument between between Rod Peterson and Brandon Banks, I don't care. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. I uh, did, did, did you see Brandon Banks' quote today? Oh my God! I almost—I have to read this to these guys because, like, you, you cannot—you can't make this shit up, okay? I am not a Brandon Banks fan. I do not like him. I never have. He's done—he's—he's he's an arrogant little whiny prick, and uh, it would bother me to no end if he ends up with the uh, with the uh, MOP this year because I just don't think he's that. I don't know. Anyhow. But uh, he goes on Twitter today, or today or recently. Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, it, did, didn't we have it here? Didn't Todd post it up? You did, or somebody oh, did. did. Oh, yeah, here it is. Forgot to mention, while I'm on a roll with it, Rod Peterson show, don't listen to that corny show, to he a punk to bet he wouldn't say any of that thug talk in front of Brawface. Let's cancel him and his terrible talk show, too. Sure. 
Okay, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> what the fuck did he say? This this is this is as bad as the Calgary Stampeders press releases that will post up there. Yep, yep, it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> I like well, no, because it's Brandon Banks, and we don't expect Brandon Banks to have a uh, a proofreader for his Twitter account, but we do expect the Calgary Stampeders to have a proofreader for things that they post. Uh, anyhow, um, they, they speak just, a different language. They, yeah, like <laughs> seriously, I'm going great command of English language. I'm not going to say what Will said because it's why like, were they why were they talking about Rod Peterson's bra? <laughs> I, I don't think they were. <laughs> I don't know. I don't speak that language. Banks's bra. He, I don't know. He lost me like thirty seconds in. And, and I want to know why he puts a bra on his face. I don't know. Maybe he That's knows great. that somebody. Maybe he somebody like has a bra fetish that we don't know about. Kind of like a, a speedboat type of thing there? Is that what that is? I don't know. I, Brandon, I, I Banks don't and, Brandon Banks and speed bumps, they kind of go together. Okay. Speed bumps. I said speed boating. Don't you know oh, I thought you said is? speed bumps. No. Yeah, but he's more like a speed bump. Okay? Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a waste of air. Phil, uh, so what were you going to say there? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I think you guys have covered it enough. I, but, uh, yeah, this this uh, whole Brandon Banks thing is surprising because who, who would have thought that the Hamilton Tiger Cats are uh, listening to the Rod Peterson show every day? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? A, I, can, I can understand Simone Lawrence and Rod Peterson going at it each other, but Brandon Banks... Yeah. He's kind of more like a Deron Carter. You should just take his phone away from him. Okay. He's kind of he's kind of like Pierre Junior. He should never talk live in person. Okay. He should never yeah, talk. We're we're not going to talk politics here. Okay. We're just not simply not going to do it. The Rod Peterson show is doing a a great job of reaching uh, CFL fans in cities and kind of pulling them together. Much the way Facebook did on a few Facebook pages and podcasts have, and uh, he's got fans, and he's been blowing smoke up the up the Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans all summer to try to uh, attract their listenership, and it's working. And and a lot of the commenters on our show are from Winnipeg. They're talking Jets. They were talking Bombers. I think that's going to go flat this week, but uh, he, he's done a good job there, and he, he's even reached out to a few fans in Calgary. I don't think he's doing very good in Edmonton, though. But uh, he's got some followers from from Calgary, and well, I don't think the Eskimos are doing a real good in Edmonton either. So, kind of yeah. like one of those things. <laughs> so, I, I got a question here. I'm just reading some things here, and I, I posted something that was a little kind of weird. Uh, somebody was really pissed off about the crossover. I think we mentioned this a little bit earlier, and it shouldn't do it. And they said that what uh, no other league gets a crossover like this. Okay. So it, 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 I posted this, and it said it's not really a crossover. The two top teams from each division get in. That, that happens in a lot of different leagues. Doesn't that happen down in the NFL? And then yeah, it's no different than the wild cards. I yeah, think it's no different than the wild cards. 
particularly in the 1990s and 2000s. Now the wild card is, means a little bit less in the NFL with the multiple divisions that they have now. They went from six to eight divisions. But back when it was six divisions, that wild card was very, very much like the CFL crossover. Yep. Now, now it's more like an NHL wild card. Uh, but uh, but back in back in the day, and and now we used to piss uh, division rivals off who were so you know were often eliminated from the playoffs, and and were much. But the difference there was was a much better team being eliminated in the case in those cases, which was a complaint. Uh, that has never happened in the CFL with crossover. No. And do you really want to see uh, a three-win team make a playoff just because they play in a bad division? That ain't not right. A three, not a three-win win team, Charles, but a, a team that maybe won uh, six or seven of nine down in the second half. And the way the CFL works, yeah. uh, I would sooner see a, a – a real good team like the BC Lions are right now in the playoffs. Yeah. Any any football fan would. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Uh, the people are complaining about the crossover, but if we don't have the crossover, then either Ottawa or Toronto are making it into the playoffs, and those teams are god-awful. They win three games, you don't belong in the playoffs. Exactly, Charles. Like, just take yeah. take Edmonton right out of the equation. And just, just consider BC and those teams, because Edmonton right now is not a very good football team, and I can see reason for not having them in the crossover. But but just look at the BC Lions right now compared to the, those two teams in the East, and, and yeah. Okay. So let, let, Will, do you want to talk about Rod Peterson? No, you've already said you don't give a shit, right? Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to uh, Michael Shea says the Bombers will not bring in a veteran quarterback <laughs> to back up Chris Strebler. Is this the right move? Bring on well, some we, more idiots. <laughs> well, we've already, we've already talked this. How does he still I, have a job after seven years? Come on. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, he's not going to make – he's not going to win a Grey Cup. He came in to, to win a Grey Cup. I, I think this should be his last year in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization. They, they should fire his ass simply because he can't do, he can't perform. He can't bring the team to the play to the, the playoffs. Or what has he got? One playoff win in seven years? Seriously? It's one win, isn't it? You know, the yep. playoffs twice. One win. One, once. one win. One win. Yeah. One win in seven years. Seriously. Yeah. And, and and he still has a job. Now he he's. He's barely going to make it to the playoffs, and he probably will not win a game. Um, but his quarterback, and, and granted, Matt Nichols is injured, but he's not that good a quarterback to start with. Chris Strelver's not that good a quarterback. But I don't disagree with him in saying that. Because who's he going to bring in? McLeod Beckles Thompson? He's not any better than Chris Strelver. James yes, Franklin is. is worse. Yes, he is. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you can honestly say that. Will I? I Chris Trevler. Chris Trevler would love to have a 400-yard game. He's never even been close. Okay. No, I, never been I close. Mean, I I understand that. I just don't think that the. Uh, but for I, me, I there's, no, there's nobody that's going to come in right now and and help the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No. I agree. I agree. There's, 
There's nobody that's going to be – that would be available that could come in and talk to and to assist the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, even in a backup position well, to Chris well, Strebler. No, 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 no. no. The, if you brought in McLeod Bethel-Thompson, he's better than the backup the Bombers have now by a mile. That's not arguable. So you, you would turn around and start McLeod Bethel-Thompson as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber? With that – well, maybe you, you bring them in as a backup. To, I mean, my thing is, isn't with the the, the um, coming in to replace Strebler, but what if Strebler gets hurt and he goes down? Would you rather have some nobody third stringer? I don't even know who the hell's the third stringer's name. I'm, I'm actually just looking what? it up. I'm trying to find who the third he's string the, quarterback is. He's the second uh, string quarterback. What? Yeah. Oh, McGuire. Sean McGuire. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's second let's, string, right? Yes. That's right now he is because Nickel's out. So let's say Sean McGuire is your backup. Let's say Strevler gets hurt. Eastern let's say Western semifinal, Strevler goes down on the first series. Now, if you've got someone, let's say McLeod Bethel Thompson, just as an example. You've still got a better chance to win that game than if you've got Sean McGuire playing. You've at least got a puncher's chance at that point. If you've got Sean McGuire carrying your load in a playoff game, you might as well forfeit because you're not going to win. I'm not arguing or disputing that in any way, shape, or form. But let's mm-hmm. look at the law office for a second. McLeod Bethel Thompson. Yes, he's getting up on in age. Right now, he is probably the undisputed starter in Toronto coming into next right. season. Agreed? Really? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to get somebody in the offseason. I don't think he'll be the James I don't Franklin think will be the starter guys. next year. James Franklin isn't it, okay? So let's just say that. Okay, whatever. What are the odds of him becoming a starter in Winnipeg? Zero. Absolutely. Most of Winnipeg's quarterbacks are free agents. Yeah, good luck. One of them's going to stay, and I think it's going to be Matt Nichols. Probably. Unless he's seriously hurt. That's and if straight, I was Winnipeg, uh, if I was Winnipeg, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be courting everybody's backup quarterback right now. For next year, absolutely. Well, I would be for this year too. Uh, let's yeah, face it, but uh, Chris Traveler is not going to win him a playoff game. No, no. Matt Nichols and hasn't this, been able to I win him a playoff I, game. I, so I don't know what you're going to talk Nichols about. Put him that. He, he's got one, supposed one to be the Bombers' year. Seven years. This is the Bombers' year. Remember? No, this it's is not. Supposed to be the Bombers anymore, year. is it? Okay, hang on. Calgary's not about to uh, trade uh, Nick Arbuckle. Not going to happen. Okay? Not going to happen. Uh, Edmonton, I don't know. They might even trade Trevor Harris right now. No. Uh, they, 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 Edmonton doesn't have anybody that, that's been making trade. Uh, Saskatchewan doesn't have anybody that they can trade. Montreal's got a plethora of quarterbacks, but none of them are any worthy uh, that they, they could trade. Ottawa? No, no, never mind. <laughs> Shawnington. <laughs> Ottawa, no. Um, Hamilton, no. Nobody out there right now has a quarterback that they would, they would even dream about trading. Okay? Christopher, here's what I believe. If MLSE 
is not paying attention to the Toronto Organauts, which is a real good possibility. And Jim Pop is not out of a job this week. Jim Pop could trade Macbeth to the Winnipeg. McLeod Bethel Thompson to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for two, maybe a first and second round pick. Because obviously his coach doesn't believe in McLeod Bethel Thompson, and by extension, neither does he. And I believe believe McLeod Bethel Thompson could lead the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to a great cup if he could pick up the offense with Paul Apolise. That's a pretty bold statement. I wish Mark was here to say it. That, that's a very bold statement. You know, you know, you know what the thing that scares me the most about Winnipeg is is what Charles was saying. Okay, for example, Calgary right now is only dressing two quarterbacks for every game because they got some uh, some uh, import ratio issues because of. Corey Greenwood getting hurt. But they at least have a third quarterback on their practice roster. Winnipeg has no other quarterbacks on their roster. What if Strevler gets hurt? They're going to have to bring somebody in. That's my point. They're going to have to bring somebody in. And the other possibility, and we've all put him away, but he's throwing again. The other possibility is Zach Caleros. Zach Caleros. Okay. And there's a guy, and I'm I'm going to pretend I'm Christopher Jones right now. When Zach Caleros is on his game, he's the best quarterback in the CFL. Why couldn't he come to Winnipeg? Why couldn't he come to Winnipeg for four or five games and tear the league up? I mean, Winnipeg does have a pretty good offensive line. Oh, the O-line for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Bombers are Grey Cup champions if Zach Claris comes over. Yep. (laughs) Okay. I mean, what's Toronto going to do with Zach Claris? Phil does not know how to use a phone. If he's healthy Uh, enough, I would start Zach Claris because he's better than the other two guys they got. I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without question, I would I would start Zach Caleros. But I don't think well, he's healthy got... enough to do so. I no, still don't think he'll I, ever play again. I, if I was Zach Caleros, I I wouldn't put on an Argo uniform. They don't have an O line. No. No, he's just going to get hurt. I I would never put on an Argo uniform. But mm-hmm. if I was Zach Caleros, I would put on a Bomber uniform because he's got an O line. They got, got a good offensive, offensive line. That's function. why. Bombers right now with Zach Caleros as a, as a quarterback would win the Grey Cup. I, I I would agree with Phil on that one if he wants to go with with Zach Caleros over McLeod Bethel Thompson. We lost Phil, by the way. No, we didn't. We Phil's right here. Oh, okay. Phil, no, we oh. lost Phil. Oh, is he back? I'm back. Phil, say something. Oh, I'm back. And that goes into the category of. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, you, you having problems with the phone, Phil? It's a complicated device for you. Yeah, it is. It is for me, for old man. It, it is. He meant to yeah. press number thirteen, and but he pressed the button to hang up. Actually, uh, okay. 
Phil, how old are you? Uh, I, I don't want to talk about that. Why not? I'm not nearly as old you, as, as the host of this show. Will's not the host. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm the second youngest guy on the whole show. There you go, see? So stop talking about being an old man. Because Will, Christopher, and Mark are up there. Still every day, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's move on here because we're just having fun here. County Stampeders have brought in Marcus Ball in on their defense. Is he a difference maker for them? Hell yeah. Is he actually going to? Is he starting football games? William, you talk That's about it. Marcus Ball. You, are you he's happy been, the, he, He's only been there for a week. Um, and he's on their practice roster. Um, the reason I'm thinking the reason they brought him in was because of Corey Greenwood, because we don't know what's happening with Corey Greenwood. They have since put Corey Greenwood on the sixth game. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean they have to keep him there. Um, Dave Dickinson said in an interview, the reason they brought Marcus Ball in is, I mean, yes, it's the Greenwood thing, but he says Marcus Ball is somebody he has always noticed on the football field, and he's caused them all kinds of headaches. Mm-hmm. And he says that's what he usually brings guys in is when he likes what he sees and they cause problems for the Stampeders. So I think he would be an upgrade for their linebacking core right now. And I think – because defensive players are a lot easier to put in your system than offensive players, of course. Um, I yes. think we're going to see him. I think we're going to see him this Friday. You wait and see. Okay. We'll see. And this is a good thing for the Calgary Stampeders. Well, you know, I don't know a lot about Marcus Ball because he was an Eastern guy. Um, he's been in the NFL a whole bunch. He's been in the CFL a little bit. So, I guess he must be a good player. Yeah, he was down with the Saints, the Panthers, the Jags, 49ers, back to Argo. Yeah. I mean, he's popped around the, the NFL for, what, three, four, four years? years? Three years, yeah. Four years, three years. And, uh, yeah. He, he was the Argo's middle linebacker when they beat Calgary in the 2007 Great Cup. Great Cup. Yep. Yeah. And he caused havoc. Yep. Okay. Let's move on just a little bit out of here. Uh, anybody else want to say anything about Marcus Ball? I really don't have much to say about him. Uh, no, I, got I think he's a good, he's a good I, addition. I got a question for Will. Sammy. Yes, sir. I got a question for Will about Marcus Ball. Uh, how is this going to affect the ratio in, in Calgary? Are didn't you just recently say they are already up against the ratio without? Well, yeah, ball? this is this is this is the reason. The last two games, they Corey Greenwood hasn't started, and so they've basically had to uh, uh, replace a. They've had to replace a Canadian, or sorry, a American offensive lineman with a Canadian offensive lineman, and that was that's caused three shifts on their offensive line. 
and and I'm sure they do the same thing in this situation. And did we see some effect in Montreal this last weekend, this weekend from uh, that shift on the offensive line? Did we see what? Did we see any any effect on the Calgary offense with those changes on the offensive line? No, no. This is this has been the way it's been for two games. So no, it hasn't affected them that badly at all. I, I mean, so. I mean, as far as success goes. What do you mean? Or are we just I, that was the lack of success in Montreal based on the on the turnovers and the offensive line was pretty solid. Is what you're saying, Will? Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so now uh, you're well. You're going to stay with an American in the middle, so you'll be you'll be in about the same situation. Yeah. And and who Peters have coming up this weekend? Saskatchewan. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Friday night. Coldest yep. game of the year, guaranteed. I'm just trying to set you up for this, Will. I'm just trying to set you up for this. What are you trying to set me up for? I'm trying to work. set you up for for rider defensive line dominance of the uh, Stampeders offensive line. Well, they haven't done it yet, so I guess I'm saying this is, of, this is the weekend. I'm just I'm thinking this is the, the beginning, the beginning of the year. What was the score of that game against Saskatchewan? I can't even remember. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I remember. I can't remember what was the score. Point. They won by at least. They won by at least thirteen points, and I don't think Hughes or Mika Johnson got any sacks. Yeah, it was thirty-seven ten. There you go. There you go. So we shall see. You know this. Going into next weekend, they're calling this the green and white game. I I was gonna say. I was gonna say. What side of the. What side of the defensive line does Charleston Hughes play on? The left side, correct. So that means he's going against the right right tackle, which happens to be against, Derek, Den- Derek yeah, Dennis. Yeah. And, he owns, and, he, and he owns Derek Dennis. Yes. So. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Okay. Sorry, they're, they're calling this the, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're Christmas We're going to talk about these games on Wednesday. Okay, we're going to talk about these games oh, on Wednesday. Yeah, right. okay? We're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry, Christopher. Yeah, right. We're, we're running out of time here. We've got a couple of pieces in here that I kind of want to get to. And uh, there's an opinion piece in that Halifax Star Metro saying that the stadium proposal put forth by Atlantic Schooners Group is an insult to the Halifax taxpayers, stating that the tax money would be better spent elsewhere. Okay? Now, this is going, but since this, there has been developments where city council members have come forward and said that if this was pushed to the front of the matter right now, they would vote no. Okay? They've said that this is unrealistic for the city council to put this floor. They would vote against this. Now, here's the kicker. It has been pushed to the front of the list. It is going before city council, I think, this week. Is it this week or next week? Okay. And it's 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 going to that's two days from now. It's going to be voted on by the Halifax City Council, and thank God that this finally thing is going to be put to bed because there's no way that the Halifax City Council is going to approve this. If they do, they're fucking idiots. Charles, 
pick up the bridge on this one. I mean, let's face it. This is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a dead issue. It has been for a while. Uh, there's a few vocal people out there trying to say, oh, this should be done, this should be done. I'm sorry. The, the taxpayers are not going to put up the money uh, for this stadium. Uh, as far from what I understand is that the schooner sports, uh, the guys trying to buy the team, are not putting up any money for this stadium. They want it all to be taxpayer funded. That's yeah. not going to fly in Halifax. They're, they're just going to they're going to tell them to go to hell is what they're going to do. They don't want to put up any money. Why the hell should the taxpayers put up any money? And don't give me this community uh, is going to be able to use it too. Whatever. You're still the primary tenant. So. If I'm a Halifax councilman, if, if these guys are there saying, well, we want a stadium, we're not going to put up any money, we want you to put up the money, I tell them to go to hell, quite frankly. And this looks like what Halifax is about to do, and that'll be, for all intents and purposes, the end of the Atlantic schooners again. So, I mean, we've been hearing about this. To me, this is going to be a massive embarrassment for Randy Ambrosi because he's been banging on this drum for almost two years now. And it looks like it's going nowhere. So, uh, sorry, uh, maybe come find guys that got a better business plan than these clowns saying, oh, just give us a stadium, because this obviously was going, is not going to work. I think it's funny as hell. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Okay. I think the next uh, expansion franchise will be the Tijuana Tortillo Chips, okay? (laughs) And Randy Ambrosi is more interested in that now, okay? Sorry. Yeah. Just saying. It's not going anywhere in Halifax. I'm 100% in favor of a 10th CFL team. Uh, And I can tell you a zillion reasons why the CFL needs a 10th team. I cannot come up with a single reason why that team should be in Halifax. Not one. Not one. I agree that we need to expand this league. We need a 10th team. It would be make a lot of things very wonderful. It would change the playoff situation. It would change the scheduling situation. It would, say, it would just make this league whole. There's not one ounce of me that believes that it should be in the Maritimes. Nowhere. I, I, I could put some support into Quebec City. I would much rather see it in London, Ontario, or Windsor, Ontario, um, something like that. But uh, I, I, I cannot, I cannot get behind them in the Maritimes. It just, it's not for me. Phil, what do you got to say about this one? City Council going to turn it down, or are they going to step up to the drop and uh, stay mind? Well, I think Charles has exactly the same view as two or three members of the Halifax City Council. Interesting how how some people could look at the same report, the same situation, and see things completely differently. I see the Halifax City Council and the City of Halifax getting a guaranteed rental on a cheap uh, facility for $2 million a year where the cost of having to acquire the land and build one closer to downtown, and this is without the Halifax schooners. This is if, if what, what I'm hearing from some of the councillors is that, well, they're going to run this team for two years and then leave town and leave us 
holding the bag. We're under a what minute. They're gonna, what they're going to do is we, take with the portable seats, okay. leave the permanent seats, and leave you with a $2 million facility that's very cheap to operate for the city, which is better value than building their own Plan 1 downtown. Phil, Phil, no Phil I got to shut you up. Phil, I, I got to shut you up. Sorry, buddy. I got to shut up the show. I understand. I understand. We can go back into this maybe CFL on Wednesday. Yeah, let's do it on Wednesday. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number 401 is in the books. We're on to the next 100. And uh, I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to us. Finally, uh, after blog talk's been screwing up, 10 seconds left the show. Charles, say goodnight real fast. Good night, folks. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Phil? Good night, Halifax. Well, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Yeah, talk to you Wednesday. Go Elves.